This is HPR episode 1946 entitled, Wok Cookery. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 21 minutes long. The summary is, I prepare a vegetarian version of chow mein for my son's visit. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello everyone, this is Dave Morris. My show today is called Wok Cookery and not for the first time I'm following in the footsteps of Frank Bell who did an HBR episode entitled A Beginner with a Wok, episode number 1787 on the 9th of June 2015 and he talked about his experiences with uh, stir-fry cooking using a wok which he'd recently purchased if I remember correctly. Well Frank got a lot of comments about this, I was one of the commenters actually, and there seemed to be an interest in the subject. It was discussed on the community news and seemed it seemed that uh, there might be some mileage in doing another show on the subject so that's why I'm doing this. I've been interested in Chinese, Indonesian and other Far Eastern cookery styles for quite a number of years and I do a lot of cooking, having been a single parent family for quite a number of years. And so I thought I'd um, record a show about one of the recipes that I use. And what prompted this was that my son visits about once a week and uh, eats dinner with me. He doesn't live in Edinburgh, he lives in Aberdeen, so he comes down to uh, um, study at Napier University here in Edinburgh. And uh, he pops in for his dinner the end of the week usually he's quite keen on Chinese food as well but he's vegetarian so for a change I, I offered to cook him my version of chow mein which without any any meat in it I'd done this before and it had gone down pretty well uh, with him and his girlfriend who both enjoyed it a lot so I thought I would do that and then I'd make a, a record of what I was doing and set up a show on the subject so my version of chow mein is based on Ken Hom's recipe from his book Chinese Cookery. If you have a copy of that, and it's the same as mine, it's page 226. This is quite an old book. I bought this after his show in the 1980s. 1984 he did a series called Chinese Cookery on the BBC. And I watched and enjoyed this a lot. And um, I actually learned a fair amount of what I know about Chinese cookery from him, from him and from his various books. So it's about preparation and, and the cooking as well. So preparation is quite important, I believe. So let's talk about preparation. There's some long note, show notes here in case you haven't spotted them with pictures and stuff as well. So I prepared quite a lot. I do quite. I like to cook in large batches because... 
if my son visits, he often comes in twice for to be fed, and so I like to cook plenty, and often there's enough left over for me to uh, to eat for a few days afterwards, so it saves me any more cooking for a few days. So I'm a bit fussy about cutting things up for a stir-fry. That's partly because getting everything pretty much the same size and shape to some extent is useful from the point of view of cooking. It makes sure that things cook uh, similarly and also the having them similar sizes is uh, is nice and more aesthetically pleasing and it's the it's the way that chinese cookery is done so i quite like that being a being a geek and being slightly obsessive i do tend to spend a lot of time fiddling around this sort of thing so um, that's just the way i am i'm afraid I, I do enjoy chopping up vegetables and preparing things i use a large cook's knife these days for this purpose and it's uh, it's it's what I prefer now. I've had a few Chinese cleavers of various sizes over the years. Uh, I've got a big thin one and a big chunky one and a small one. But I find that they they don't sharpen all that spectacularly well. Maybe I haven't bought the right ones. I need to get a, a big um, steel one, not a stainless steel one. Anyway, the the cook's knife which is stainless steel uh, does really well and takes a, a very good edge and uh, keeps it for a long time so the ingredients of my stir fry start with carrots i used about six medium sized ones and i what i do with these is i slice them diagonally as you can see in the first picture and in the second picture i make slices about five mils five millimeters thick and then i cut them into sticks um, again, about five millimeters. So there's a sort of Julien style of cutting, but uh, it's cut diagonally to expose the uh, the fibers better. So the argument goes anyway. There's lots of pictures about this. I hope uh, you're able to see them. I also use celery, about six or seven sticks of this, and I always cut them up by trimming top and bottom. If they tend to be a bit stringy, which celery often is at least the stuff I buy from the supermarkets, I uh, peel the, the outer, the convex surface, with a potato peeler to remove the, the bigger fibres. And I usually cut the stalks, the sticks, into two or three, depending on how long they are. It's up to you how you do that. It's just the way I do it. And if they're big, I cut them along the way, lengthwise, to make conveniently convenient pieces as you can see in the pictures, and then I cut those remaining pieces diagonally to make pieces not too different in size and thickness to the, the carrots that I told you about before. I also added French beans. That's what I discovered that's what they're called in the UK, but tend not to be called that much at many other places. They're, I think they're referred to as green or stringless beans elsewhere. You can buy them trimmed in the supermarket, but I never do that because when you look at them, they're always browned at the ends, look really nasty. So you'd have to trim them off. You might as well just trim the, the beans themselves. So I top and tail them. I actually do them by cutting them diagonally and then rolling them and cutting again. That means you get pieces with the two ends cut at uh, two different angles. It's called roll cutting in uh, Chinese cuisine. It's not usually used with these things. I just did it because I just like the idea of it. Usually done with larger vegetables, like carrots and courgettes. Having done that, 
Um, I just bought a, a standard pack. I don't remember how many there were, but um, this is all sort of, it's not measured. It's just sort of how much looks good, I guess. It's hard to convey, so apologies if it's it's uh, not really much of a recipe to, to follow, but hopefully you'll get the general idea. You always look at a, a proper recipe book to get the get a better idea of quantities. I also use Mange 2, which... Uh, you probably know is French for eat all because it's a type of pea that you can eat all of. It doesn't have the uh, the hard fibrous bit in the middle of the pods. They're, they're known as Mange 2 in, in Scotland, um, probably in the rest of the UK too, but they're probably snow peas, biologically, botanically, and I think that's the way they're called in many other parts of the world. These are snow peas, I'm pretty certain because they're very, very uh, flat. They're very nice though. I just top and tail them and... Um, cut them diagonally into reasonable sized pieces. No point in cutting them small, I reckon, for this meal, uh, because they're edible just as they are, and um, they don't need much cooking, so just keep them fairly big. I used, a, I think, maybe a couple of peppers, red peppers in this case. I've shown one being cut up. I cut them uh, vertically into quarters, then cut the the seeds and the, the core bit out of them and uh, then I cut each individual quarter across horizontally across the the uh, pepper and then slice the remaining piece downward so I get sort of reasonably short similar sort of length pieces to the the carrots and the celery and so on um, and not too thick I just do it for this type of stir-fry because it just seems to fit better with with the sort of general size. People do cut peppers into all sorts of different shapes. Sometimes they're quite big chunks if you uh, eat other sorts of Chinese food in a Chinese restaurant and stuff. But that's the way I do it. Onions. I had, uh, I think, a couple of medium-sized onions in here. And with them, I peel them top and tail them. Take the, 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 um, the root piece out of the, the bottom, the base of the bulb actually is it a bulb yeah i think so and then i halve them lay them flat side down on a board and then cut them um, vertically into quite thin slices maybe about the five mil maybe less similarly so they end up being sort of similar lengths that they're sort of longish strips similar lengths to the carrots and the celery etc pictures to to show this as as again garlic i always use a lot of garlic i'm a great garlic fan so are my kids i probably forced them to be that as they grow up anyway so i just uh i use an entire bulb um of garlic a head of garlic however you like to call it and i obviously trim the, the bases off all of the individual cloves and peel them and then i just slice them whichever way is most convenient so i ended up end up with quite quite a number of slices i find that that works well with stir fry i had mushrooms as well i use chestnut mushrooms here these are a brown colored ones i think they're the same species as the white but a different variant or something different variety i've cut them in half washed them first cut them in half and then put flat side down on a, on the chopping board and cut them vertically to get reasonably sized pieces. I also use bean sprouts in this recipe, and uh, I just got, I think it's a 400 gram pack of them. That's a definite necessary. Some of the other stuff is not always in chow mein, but it is in my version. 
Then I've, I've, in the notes I've shown the uh, the meat substitute that I'm using, which is called Quorn, Q-U-O-R-N. And this particular one is formed into chunks that look like pieces of chicken breast. I think I got a special deal on 300 gram bags that particular time, so I got two of them. Certainly enough for about six people, I think. That's quite a lot. Still. So you have to prepare that one. It's frozen. And so you just add it to a wok or a frying pan and you stir fry it in a little bit of oil, which is what I did, from frozen over a medium heat. I think it takes about eight minutes. And it thaws and browns slightly on the on the outside and looks nicer and flavours up a bit as a consequence. It's fairly bland, but it picks up the flavours from the other things it's cooked with. It's actually really nice uh, as a, a meat substitute. Chowmin needs noodles. I use medium egg noodles. These are a, a common brand you can find in the supermarket. You can also get lots of other varieties from the Chinese supermarket, I find. But in this particular case, I'd grabbed this brand, Sharwoods. And uh, you get enough for, I think, six people in a pack. And I I can't remember how many chunks of noodles there are. There are sort of blocks of noodles inside there. I think I used four for this. That might be the whole lot. I can't honestly remember now. Didn't note it down. You have to cook these by putting them in boiling water and simmering them for four minutes and then draining them. At that point, I added soy sauce to the result and a little bit of sesame oil, and that was really done to flavour them and to stop them from sticking. It's a picture of the, the pack and of the resulting noodles. I've also shown the various sauces and things that I've added to stuff. I use rice wine a bit later on when I get to the cooking, and I use soy sauce, which, like I said, goes in the noodles and gets added to the stir-fry and there's sesame oil as well for flavour. You don't cook with sesame oil because it burns but uh, it's great flavouring. So let's get on with the cooking. Now I've got a large two-handled wok. I think somebody gave this to me. I can't remember where I got it from. It's um, it's one of the, the three that I have though one of them is actually a tempura wok. You meant to fill it with oil and uh, uh, fry stuff in it. Uh, in batter, Japanese way. The big one is 18 and a half inches in diameter, which is about 47 centimeters. It's round bottom, but it's quite shallow. It's made of stainless steel. The shallow shape allows it to balance on my gas hob. It takes up almost the entire hob. Uh, it's so big. And um, I've got a smaller one, which is more more rounded, but it's got a flat bottom. That one, it's much deeper than this one, but um, it, uh, if it was rounded, it would fall over, I, I found. Uh, so I needed the flat one in the, in the smaller version, but this one seems to work fine as it is. It's, um, like I said, a two-handled wok, so not quite so easy to manoeuvre on the stove. If you can get a large wok with a, with a single handle, it's better. And if you can actually flip it to, to make things to flip over and move about in the pan then you become a very professional wok user. I have not reached that stage yet. I use a wok spatula to stir everything up. It's a stainless steel one. You can get them in all the Chinese uh, supermarkets I find. They're not very much. It's stainless steel. It's got a wooden handle on the end otherwise it gets quite hot. But uh, I quite like it for the, the shoveling action. If you watch professional 
cooks in the Far East and wherever, where you stand stand by the and watch them cook your food in a, in a wok, they tend to use a ladle because they can scoop stuff into the the wok and then they just stir stuff around. Mostly they're flipping stuff around um, in it, but um, they have a much better heat source than I do here. So everything cooks quicker than it does for me, and they tend not to use these these shovels in my experience anyway. So first thing I did is put peanut oil in the wok and put the gas burner on full and got the oil hot hot enough. Checked in the onions and the garlic and stir them up just for a couple of minutes. It's um it's a classic thing. It flavours the oil and uh, makes everything smell fantastic and. Um, starts the, the whole cooking then I added the the tougher ingredients the harder ones the carrots the celery and the beans the green beans and they stir they, they go they fry at full blast on my gas stove with a lot of stirring they need to be stirred a lot otherwise they they would burn but they they start to cook pretty well about five minutes I reckon as they're progressing I put maybe about a tablespoon of rice wine I actually just pour the rice wine into the cap of the, the bottle and put that much in maybe a couple of capfuls even what that does is add flavor to the to the thing and I also add a fair bit of soy sauce again this is not measured I just sort of tip the bottle up and it's got a got a dispenser top and you just sort of slap some in there you'll see the professionals they have an open top bottle they just put the thumb over the top and shake it in I don't think it's done very scientifically more experience than anything else you can see if you start to see the the soy sauce in the food if it's very obvious then you're probably putting too much in then in went the the next softer ingredients that was the peppers the mange to the mushrooms and the corn remember that had been previously cooked so it it was it didn't doesn't need a lot of preparation now and we don't want the peppers to to cook right down too much we don't want the mange to 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 lose its crunch the mushrooms, they also don't need a lot of cooking. If this had been a classic uh, chow mein, I would have used chicken rather than corn here, which would have been pre-cooked, of course. If you look at most of the Chinese recipes, you'll see this. This stage then cooked for about another five minutes. I think I probably put a bit more soy sauce in at this stage because I imagine that the... I must have reasoned that the uh, corn would need a bit more flavour than it had so far. Anyway, once that lot had cooked for a bit... I uh, could add the noodles. Now, this is the point at which there's a lot of noodles. If you can see the picture, there's a lot of noodles that's gone in there. And um, these, of course, are cold because they've been sitting around waiting for the rest of the stuff to be started up. There's a lot. You want to mix them thoroughly in. Now, if you do this in a small wok and you use the quantity I've used, you're, you're in trouble because it's really hard to, to mix. This is why I use the, the biggest wok. So they get a, get a, a few minutes of uh, stirring mixed thoroughly and um, along the way they're they're warming up then I added the bean sprouts and uh, these also need to be mixed well into the the mixture and to warm through they don't need a huge amount of cooking though um, there's some talk of bean sprouts needing more cooking than people previously thought because they they're not always as uh, as clean as you would hope they were I've never come across that problem myself but uh, reading up about it, I was a bit surprised to find out that there um, there can be problems with, with raw bean sprouts. Anyway, these got a reasonable amount of cooking. I want them to have a bit of crunch to them, and I wanted them to mix in uh, with all the other flavours in the, in the wok. So 
At this stage, the carrot, celery, and beans should be well cooked. You can check them and see. I like them to have a bit of firmness so that the whole result is quite crunchy. The bean sprout should be slightly wilted but not overcooked, and the whole thing should have been heated through, including the noodles. So by that point, everything should be done. And there's a picture of what I consider to be the, the final result. Lots of lots of colours, lots of vegetables, and um, and corn, noodles, bean sprouts, etc. Now, both my son and I are very keen on all sorts of chilli sauces. Daughter hates chilli, but that's just the way of the world. So we ate this with Chinese chilli sauce with the brand name I think it's you pronounce it and forgive me if you speak Chinese um, Mandarin or whatever this is Cantonese I think it would be pronounced Lao Gan Ma which means old godmother apparently and the jar seems to have a picture of the old godmother as far as I can make out but a uh, rather fierce looking lady um, I get this from my Chinese local Chinese supermarket and um, there's m- hardly anything on it to identify as this particular one other than the Chinese symbols that I've shown in the picture and uh, I'd recommend this particular one as opposed to some of the, the others just just my personal taste it does contain peanuts if that's an issue with you so that's um, that's pretty much the tale of making the vegetarian chow mein and uh, there are lots of links relating to all the various components and stuff if they're of any interest. So I hope you found this uh, mildly entertaining and possibly informative even. Okay then, cheers now, bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.